Do you want to protect yourself and your business from anything unjust that may come your way? Then this podcast is for you. Former Utah Attorney General John Swallow has helped thousands of people protect themselves, defend, and find justice during his 30 years of experience in law. If you're looking for honest and helpful legal advice, then we have exactly what you need on Case Closed with John Swallow. Welcome to Case Closed by John Swallow. John Swallow has worked in both the private and public sector, first as a lawyer for a multinational company, and then as the Attorney General of the state of Utah. Even more powerfully, he defended himself against false charges and beat the government to clear his name. Here is Attorney General John Swallow. John, thanks for being with us again today. Great. It's great to be with you, Cole. Thank you. John, we have an awesome topic. We always have amazing topics, but this one I'm really excited about. Uh, mostly because I don't know a lot about this topic, but I know that we need to, I feel like it doesn't matter how old or how young you are, you really need to nail this down. And what we're going to be talking about are wills and trusts today. And I know you are the professional when it comes to these, just because I I believe that you work probably more than more than most on wills and trusts. So I guess just jumping into things, just from my perspective, are wills and trusts kind of the same thing or are they super polar opposite different? Well, I think you first let's get into the basics. Um, just yesterday, I attended a funeral of a friend who tragically, as a 45-year-old, unmarried, no children, uh, was in a small plane crash and died with three other occupants in the plane. Surprisingly to me, I had known this person for several years. He died intestate, which means he didn't have a will. And um, and so he really doesn't have a choice about how his estate, his assets, which is now called an estate, right, is distributed to the people that he loves and cares about. And so um, when you talk about a will or a trust, it's, it's hard to talk about them in isolation because these days most people will have a trust. It's called usually a living trust, which means that it's, it's still controlled by the person who sets up the trust, right, which is called the, the trustor, right? And what they do is they set it up so that everything that they – have in their own name, not the trust name when they die, goes to the trust. And that's called a pour over will. And so a lot of people in estate planning these days will have both a will and a trust and they do different things. You say, what's the difference between a will and a trust? A will is a last will and testament. It's it's a testamentary document as defined by the law, which basically allows the society, the state, and heirs and anybody who might contest or want to become an heir or a recipient of assets upon the death of someone to decide and direct from basically from the grave how their assets will be distributed upon their death. That's a will, a last will and testament. Many of many wills will contain other provisions. They will actually create trusts to preserve certain um, tax benefits, for example. There's a, a trust, a will with a provision called a credit shelter provision, which will preserve certain tax benefits that belong to each spouse in a marriage, for example, that have certain limits, where individually you may have a certain limit, but you'll have double that if you have a spouse. And so in some wills, you have a provision that will preserve that credit for the person who passes away, away after they pass away, by creating a trust instantaneously upon their death, where assets are then placed to preserve those 
credits and shelter and shelter those those tax exemptions and tax credits and those types of things. Um, and so wills are very very important. A trust, on the other hand, is an independent entity which can actually own assets, so that upon the death of a person, if their assets are placed into a trust that they have created, that they are the trustee of, the death of that person doesn't have a consequence like it does with a will. And so, the, for example, it, it can help avoid probate because a will needs to be probated through a court process, informal or formal, but a trust, if your asset's in a trust, then the, the titled owner of the asset has not passed away, it's the trust. And so there's no need to probate that, that asset that's, that's owned by the trust. And so they, they are different. A will is different than a trust. They're very complementary in an estate plan. And uh, that's a long answer to what you probably thought was a very simple question. <laughs> that's why that's why we tune in and that's why I'm always so excited to be talking to you. So kind of to break it down, a will is kind of like the last words of someone, like the last things that they wanted to happen. And then a trust is kind of just where all of their remaining assets live almost. So the, the trust goes on and then the will just kind of says the last kind of piece and where things should go. Is that kind of correct? Right. Well, that's... That's in what we try to do in these podcasts is we try to simplify things. Um, they're completely different. A, a, a will is a declaration of where you want your assets to go and is recognized by state statute that, that, that if it's done a right, a correct way, it's authenticated the right way, then it, it's determinative of your will. And that's why it's called a will. It is your will of what happens to your assets that are titled in your name when you pass. A trust is a is an entity that's created by someone that you can actually transfer assets to before you die, which will hold those assets in trust that can then be d distributed as the trustee or as the trust document directs. So the trustee, if you're the if you have a trust and you, let's say you put your house in the trust and then you pass away and you're the trustee, you will have you'll have an alternative or a contingent be beneficiary or trustee, which are different. Beneficiary is the person who receives the assets in the trust, right? The trust is for that person. Usually it's the person who created the trust and perhaps a wife and children. The trustee is the person who manages the trust. And so if the, if the beneficiary and the creator are the same and the trustee is the same and the trustee dies, so the beneficiary dies, right? The trust instrument will have a way of having someone else be become the trustee and have, having others become beneficiaries of the trust so that when you pass away, others can continue to take advantage of the assets and use and benefit from the assets that are in the trust. Gotcha. Now that's gotcha. a very simplified trust. That's a very, it's called a living trust or a revocable trust. There are all kinds of trusts that do all kinds of things, some of which are irrevocable, where the person who creates the trust is not the beneficiary of the trust and doesn't have any control over the trust assets, is not the trustee. And there are tax reasons, tax purposes for those types and asset protection purposes for those types of trust. And so if you're, if you're really sin, uh, in, in, uh, sincere, I guess, and, and you really want to create a trust that will protect different things, you need to talk to an experienced attorney who can help you decide what type of trust you need, what your goals and purposes are, and they can custom build a trust for you that will accomplish your objectives. And I think that's the important point about trusts and even with wills, because many people need guidance. They have s situations where there's a second marriage, there are stepchildren, 
Um, there are properties in different states, and they really don't understand the legal principles in different states or how a, a second wife, a, a, you know, the, you know, a, a second marriage, I guess, not a second wife, would impact how assets are distributed from a trust or in a will upon death. And so it's always good to talk to an experienced attorney and not just pull a form off the internet and not really know how to fill it out or the consequence of decisions that you make when you're preparing a will or a trust. Mm -hmm. I was just about to say, it kind of made me giggle. So it's not as easy as just getting like a sticky note and just writing, this is my will. Like this is, this is the last thing because that won't hold up anywhere, right? Well, no, actually, actually there is a provision in, in state statute in probably every state that allows for what's called a holographic will. And that is a, a will, generally speaking, in, in, in the state I practice mostly in, um, if you write it in your handwriting and sign it with the same handwriting, you can direct in a, in a, in a writing on a, on a notepad what happens with your assets. And that's called a holographic will or a self-authenticating will. The challenge is that sometimes you just don't know what you don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you really don't know the consequence of a decision that you're making when you do a last will and, and testament. And so that's why if you have any kind of significant assets at all, bank accounts, retirement accounts, real property, house, or a rental, um, a, a car, anything that's titled can pass through a will or can be transferred over to a trust and you really need guidance so you understand the impact of the decisions you make about how to create that will, what to do with your assets in the will, what to do with your assets that you want to place in trust. It's just hard to guess. And so, yes, you can fill out a form, but you, like I said, sometimes you just don't know what you don't know. And it's good to talk to a professional. Yes. Yeah. And that just, that just opens my mind up to all these possibilities, especially to people who don't, maybe don't quite understand how important it is, or they just don't think it's like time sensitive. And I feel like with some stories that you've already shared, like you never know, you never know when you're going to go, or you never know when something is going to happen. Um, how, what would you say to someone who, who maybe has like a couple kids and they're just like, yeah, it just doesn't really matter right now. Like, it's like, that's like, I don't have enough assets to really like, to make it worth it. Like is, does, it doesn't matter how little or how much you have. Like it's, like, is it always good to have these things in place? Well, the truth is that once you pass away, let's just say that, that I think, well, I've got a power of attorney and I've given it to my best friend. So if anything ever happens to me and I'm killed in a train crash or a plane crash or on a highway or a freeway, some accident, I fall off my roof, I've got a power of attorney in place. And so my friend can take care of things for me and there's no problem. He can access my bank accounts. He can list my property to be sold. He can pay off my mortgage. The truth is that a power of attorney, the power of a power of attorney ends the moment that the person who grants the power dies. So it's not, it doesn't work beyond the grave. So if you don't list out how your assets will be distributed, if they're titled assets, I'm not talking about a couch or a TV or a lawnmower, I'm talking about a car, which is titled, a bank account, which is in some person's name, a house, which is titled property. Someone can't just come in and sign your name after you've died to transfer a house and have it protected by a warranty deed by, by a title insurance company. No one can just simply sell your car and sign the title unless a court issues papers called letters testamentary in a probate proceeding. But if you have that house in a trust, 
a contingent trustee or a substitute trustee can sign those documents as the trustee of the trust after you've passed away. And so you don't need a probate to do that kind of work. Now, probates aren't as costly or as time-consuming as they used to be. A lot of states have really streamlined the probate process, but still it's a public process. It requires you file a lawsuit in the district court. It really requires that you have sophisticated counsel, legal counsel, an attorney, to help you with that. And there's a process. And so if you have a bank account, I mean, everybody has a bank account, right? So if you have a bank account in your own name and you die, no one can access that account or those funds without a court order saying that they have power to do that through a probate proceeding, right? No one can sell your car. No one can sell your house. There are many things that they can't do without that probate being opened up. The will is what tells everybody in that probate what's going to happen with your estate. So your will will say, um, I want this person to administer my estate. I really trust my brother. And if my brother can't do it, I really trust my sister. If my sister can't do it, I really trust my best friend. All of that is detailed in, in the will. Um, let's say you have two children and you want a certain member of your family to take guardianship or custody and control over those children. You can designate that in your will. So it's not always just about your assets, you know, who's going to get what. It's who's going to take care of my children, you know, who's going to, you know, administer my estate. Those are t the types of things that are also included in wills. And, and as you are considering those things, it's helpful to talk to an ex experienced professional who can give you advice. You can ask questions, say, what happens if, the, if I do this? Or what doesn't happen if I don't do that? And, and kind of work through it. And so you can't think about the cost of a will as simply being, okay, what does a form cost? And I'll fill it out myself. Sometimes you just don't know how to fill it out. You just don't know the consequences. And so if you invest $1,000 or two or $3,000 in a good estate plan, or maybe more if you, you, you're doing an asset protection trust, you say, why am I spending that money? And the answer is, because once you cross, I call it the veil, or once you die, you can't speak your mind anymore. You can't direct what's going to happen. And you got to ask yourself, if I have anything of value in my life, children, a car, a house, a retirement account, do I want to be silent from the grave? Or do I want my wishes to be recognized and honored from the grave? And that's why I believe every single person, every single adult needs to have a will and consider a will and a trust so that they can speak their will regarding their children, their assets, and who they want to administer their state from beyond the grave. And that just kind of, I feel like making sure that all those things are lined up, it just helps with maybe the heartache down the line. Because if you don't have those things organized, if you didn't kind of get that will and trust in line, all you're doing is get, creating almost a headache for your family, maybe heartache for your family if you don't know where kids are going to go because you say that scary word like probate, meaning like that goes to the courts and they're going to decide where things go. I think that's just, I think that's amazing. And there are laws that set forth, you know, when people do die without a will and it happens all the time, unfortunately, where things kind of fall, right? And, and what happens. But again, you're, you're eliminating your ability to make those decisions if you don't have a directive, a last will and testament that basically instructs the court and your family about what you want to have happen. And innocently, you can tear a family apart because maybe on a Thursday, you said one thing to one of your children or a brother or a sister. And then three months later on a Saturday, you'd changed your mind and you'd said something else to someone else. And so you have two members of your family that both believe A, B, or C, 
and there's a misunderstanding, there's a dispute. Everyone wants to do what you wanted to do, but no one knows definitively what that decision was. And so you create conflict and, and, and strife and bad feelings and, and all kinds of things. Something else that I think is important, I'll throw on this, on this because we're talking about the topic. If you have a life insurance policy, they ask you to designate a beneficiary. But what happens if that beneficiary doesn't survive you and you don't take care of that? What if you and the beneficiary you designate, let's say it's a husband and wife, and you say, um, okay, I, I'm the owner of the policy, it's on my life, and my wife is my beneficiary. What if you're both killed in an airplane crash or a car crash or in some kind of an accident? Who gets the payout on life insurance? And the answer is, in most cases, it will go back to the owner's estate. Now, let's talk about the significance of that. If if I have a beneficiary that's still alive when I pass away, that that money goes to that beneficiary tax-free, tax-free, no income tax, no gift tax, no no state tax or anything. It's just like it's not even income to them. Let's say it's a million dollars, all right? But if I don't have a beneficiary or if my beneficiary dies with me or before me and I haven't taken care of that, where does the money go? In most cases, it goes back into your estate where there are limits of how much money can pass without estate or inheritance taxes, which are 45% or more, sometimes even up to 55% federal and state. And so what you've done by, by neglecting to place a beneficiary that survives you or, 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 or contingent beneficiaries is what they're called, to make sure that at some point, someone's going to be alive likely in that chain of, of beneficiaries, right? You're throwing the money back into your state where it can be taxed. Well, why would you want to have your life insurance proceeds taxed if they don't have to be taxed? I mean, ding, ding, ding. I mean, that's what we should all be thinking. And so there are just these basic principles that as you counsel with a licensed professional who understands these things, it will answer a lot of your questions. And it sounds like I'm trying to push lawyers here on, on everyone, but the point is, is that lawyers go to law school, they practice, they take education classes, they have a lot of experience, they understand the laws and the rules, and they understand the consequences of decisions that you make. And so I always believe that whenever anything's important, and certainly what happens to your assets or your children or your estate after you, after you die, right, is something that would seem to be pretty important. And if it's important, I say counsel with an experienced professional so you get it right. John, I have been enlightened today. And if you could, if you could go just leave one last piece of advice, and I think everyone knows what it's going to be, when it comes to the question, do I need a will and trust, and when should I do it, what's the answer to that? Well, I'll give you the same answer I give my kids, and that is, as soon as you have, you're an adult, and as soon as you have anything of substance in your life that's important to you, that could transfer to someone else, some responsibility with respect to your children or an asset that is titled that can go to someone else. Um, and you want to have a voice in how that occurs and speak from the grave literally, get a will and consider a trust and consider an estate plan. Uh, consider insurance uh, to protect your earning power uh, if you're married or have children and you won't be there to provide for them any, any longer. Take the time to protect yourself, to be careful, because like my friend who died last week in this plane crash with his girlfriend and his brother and his wife left four children without parents, orphaned them, okay? You just never know when something tragic is going to happen. And it's always a better thing, at least from my perspective, to be in control of what happens to my assets and to my children rather than let the government decide. So that's my advice. 
get it done, talk to a lawyer, and, uh, and don't neglect that, I'm going to say, awesome and even holy responsibility every individual has. Perfect. Thank you so much, John. Thank you for everyone who listened in today. Hopefully it helped you as much as it help, has helped me. And that's case closed. Case closed.